welcome to episode 41 of In The Saddle Podcast and I'm your host Mark Roski and I'm joined by Lucky Loaders. How's it going Chris? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. All good. What do you make about the, the Cheltenham news today, about the mares? What do you think about that, the new race? Yeah, well, we, we knew it was coming, um, the mares chase, and that it was likely that another race was going to be shelved and the news came through this morning that's going to be the novice handicap chase. I'm a little bit gutted actually. That, that race has been taken out. It was one of my favourite races at the festival. Did fest- you have for an any post bet already? Yeah, well, it's one of those, isn't it, that I, I like to um, always think uh, what horses are going to turn up in that race and could be unexposed and could go on to bigger and better things. It was one of those races that you could normally see like a plot job um, and it's had some good winners in the last few years. Imperial um, Alcazar, um, Mr. Whitaker, uh, Pluta. Uh, some nice horses in recent years have won that race. And um, yeah, it's just sad to see it go. I could see why maybe they've done it because the handicap, especially the last couple of years, the, the bottom the bottom weight um, or the bottom rated horse has been around about 140 and the top rated horse is 145. It's like a 140, it's a 0 to 145 handicap, but there's so many horses at the top end. The weight difference is not really that much between the whole field so you you get into the point there where you're thinking well this is just another novice chase really and it's not really a handicap and i can see why they've taken it out but um yeah mayor's chase i think it'll be an interesting race um be interested to see who comes along if we're going to have honeysuckle there benny de year uh, we could see maybe them split up again um there's some other mares as well coming through stormy island looking forward to see how she does Lorena as well, both of those mares with Paul Nichols. So, yeah, I think the mares chase is going to be an interesting addition, but, yeah, I'm sad to see the novices handicap chase go. I did see that Ruby Walsh commented on it, um, just saying that it would be a great addition, especially over the next three to four years when sort of bed's in. Um, and there is, you see, there's not that many mares-only races at the Chelan Festival, so it's another one for, for these people to target. Um, so he's certainly one that's going to benefit some owners. Maybe not benefit the bookmakers, though, but let's talk about the other things anyway. Um, another filly, Enable. What did you make of that run in the arc? Um, I think really it went exactly how I, how I thought it would. I thought the ground would be against her. I couldn't see why um, people were really getting stuck into her at the prices. I think it was a little bit of uh heart over, over logic yeah. yeah it was more hearts why people were backing up because obviously it would have been a great story great for the sport for all the right reasons however i the the more rain that came the more i was convinced she wasn't going to win and it was a bit of a shame as well that we never got the bally doyle contingent turn up because of the con- contaminated feed so the race wasn't run it wasn't a true test um, it was very slow paced. Persian King said it for the majority, uh, stacking them up all in behind, you know, and it was just, um, it was just, uh, yeah, a bit of a slog home. And my selection in swoop ran a really good race. Sotsas was a deserving winner, you know, he finished third in the race last year. And you can't say he was a bad winner of the race. He's always shown that he's a class horse. Uh, been a bit of a tricky one for me to get right in the past. I've never really understood exactly if a mile and a half was his best trip but it seems like it is he's been retired now to stud but going back to enable um interesting to see what they do there they've made no plans yet there was a lot of hype or a lot of hysteria that it might be 
um, her last ever race. Um, and Frankie as well, if he had won on her, might have retired. I, I doubt that would have happened, even if... There was she... a comment this morning, Chris, um, saying that she was fine this morning and came at the race well, and there's no decision on her future has been made. So but I sort of think she doesn't owe anyone anything else. I don't. She's not of the same ability of the past. Um, and we said that at the start of the season. Um, she's probably lost a few pounds um, in ability. Um, like background as well. I mean, it was it was a crazy bet, five to four, those sort of prices. And I know that you you called me on the morning in disbelief at the the place prices on Betfair Exchange at the time, between about one point one five. Yeah, something like that. One point one five, one point one six. So it was very short. Yeah, it's definitely. I think the the backers definitely got got burnt there. Um, what what's your gut feeling? Do you think we'll see Enable again, or do you think that's that's the end of the the story? I'm not sure. There, There is a little bit of talk maybe sending her to the Breeders' Cup, which would be really interesting if she did go, because um, she could p potentially take on Love, who is meant to be going there now, uh, after the ground was unsuitable for her. There was even a little bit of talk that she might have an entry on Champions Day, possibly in the Champion Stakes, which would, which would be over slightly shorter, over a mile and two. I could see if she went there, potentially, and she's still okay, you know, Maybe doing all right in that race, you know. Uh, she might be able to use her stamina as well, especially if the ground's on the testing side. She can handle cut, but not too testing. Um, I think we might see her one more time, but it's hard to know. Um, it, I, I would be surprised if they do take her through to next year, because it would be harder, especially being a seven-year-old mare, and you don't see too many seven-year-old mares at the top end of racing. So I think... They should try and bow her out on a high if they can. Try and maybe put her in a good race. Maybe at Ascot makes sense where she had some of her best career moments winning winning the King George. But yeah, Enable, I don't think I I, I don't have a an opinion where we're going to see her next. But I just think um, I, I'd rather see her finish out of the height of her career rather than be disappointing in races next year. So last thing you want to see is her being tailed off. Um... Like she doesn't owe anyone anything. Um, she's already proved that. Um, but anyway, moving on to what the listeners want, betting preview for Friday. Um, we're going to start with Newmarket, and we're going to start in the 150 Group 3 Cornwallis Stakes over five furlongs. There's a horse in here that disappointed you. you can you, you know which horse I'm talking about here. The one that I've been following all season. Um, I wouldn't say I had... Uh, egg on my face after that last run uh, in the Judmont Middle Park stakes but Methods would you give him another chance down grade I think it's interesting that they're dropping him back to five furlongs um, he has it, a lot of speed um, I mean, I, we did see on the previous podcast this horse is an absolute machine um, do you think he's just got too much class for this field it's hard to know really um, you can obviously forgive him what happened the last day he was very free early on and then the saddle slipped and it was a complete mess of a race from him don't really know how to take that literally um you'd, you'd need to see him again before you make made your mind up um fine worse fair over i mean that's that's frank in the form quite strongly as well i'm well i, I what time. what i would say is that it's interesting that they're pitching him out again so soon and the drop back and trip for me i don't think he wants i think he would want slightly further I, i'm surprised they maybe didn't have a crack at the Dewhurst 
maybe over seven furlongs. He's a strong... When we saw him before uh, on his first two starts, he was a strong travelling type. That The further he went, the better he got. In his pedigree, it's not really a, a sprinter's pedigree. So um, I'm, I'm maybe seeing he could be a kind of an advertise, maybe. Same, same uh, trainer, Martin Mead. Um, he might be able to make a better three-year-old, I think. Um, and I think they might just want to give him a bit more time. If if I wanted to get stuck into him here, I probably would want to take be on something else really to rather be with him. Um, I think it's quite a trappy race though. Uh, Acklem Express, you've really got to um, respect his chance. He, he actually ran um, in the Scarborough Stakes last time out for Nigel Tinkler and took on the older horses, getting all the two-year-old allowances. And he definitely ran with credit that day to finish in fourth place. You know, it wasn't a str particularly strong race, but you got Tarbouche, Dakota Gold, no mugs. But um, I'm not sure about Acklem Express. The one I came down on, but it's not really a strong fancy. I thought Royal Address could be interesting for William Haggis, an each-way price by Dandy Man. Should love uh, the testing conditions. We should say that it's likely to be on the soft side at Newmarket on Friday and for the weekend. So you're going to be wanting horse to look for horses that will be able to handle cut. She's been really progressive on her last couple of starts. She won a uh, listed race at Chantilly last time we saw her. Just with all the allowances she's getting, I think she's an interesting one. She's been progressing. And if I had to have a bet, maybe in each way selection on her but it's not a race I'm particularly confident and I'd rather just sit back and watch but if I had to put one up yeah it'd probably be royal address each way currently our eight to one shot best place available um do you think it'd be bigger on the day or did they come from um well it's interesting that the market has come for him since he was declared he was around about a three to one shot, five to two. I saw he's now into two to methods. I mean, methods. I actually got a bit of that three to one this morning, Chris. He's actually two to one in places, 15 to eight with Paddy at the moment. Um, so I might be receiving an email soon um, saying that no more bets from that particular bookmaker. But I just think methods got too much class here, Chris. Um, I think he'll win absolutely comfortably. Maybe a distance of winning. We're we gonna have a match bet here, Chris. Was it too early for this? A bit too early because method he could. The thing about him is that he he could bounce back. He I would say out of all of these he has the most potential, but with the run last time and the fact of how keen he was, and the fact that he's dropping down in trip, which is probably my major concern. Um, I'd rather want to be taking him on at the prices. Okay, Crystal likes Royal Address eight to one each way. I'm all over method at three to one. Currently, best price available, 11 to 4. Moving on to the 225 Group 3, also sharp stakes, fillies, over seven furlongs. Hmm. This looks wide open to me, Chris. What do you like here? Now, yeah, I completely agree with you there. I thought it's really hard to have a really strong fancy in this race. Again, a lot. it's a bit of an interesting race. There's a couple in here, Jane Chapel, Hyam Tours, Saffron Beach, one of the unexposed types. One really well, to be fair on debut over the course and distance um but there's a lot of exposed types in here thinking of you is the current favorite for joseph o'brien and they've booked ryan moore um got some good form in, in the bag but the one i was tempted to take a bit of a flyer on here was uh, mamba wamba for adrian nichols now she's exposed but she's been 
holding her form well. She's been running in some really good races. Um, you know, she sets a useful standard. And by an unfashionable trainer as well, that, that's going to inflate the price up a bit. Um, we last saw her at the weekend, you know, finishing um, third in a really uh, uh, competitive race in the two-year-old listed trophy at Redcar. That was a, a good effort there, taking on some of the boys, you know, and there's some some always some nice horses that run in that. She's handled herself on um, soft ground as well. She's been a real credit to Connections this year. And she just reminds me a little bit, even though, yes, she's not been a prolific winner. Remember last year, Rose of Kildare won this race for Mark Johnston, and she had so many runs, a bit like Mamba Wamba. And I could just see maybe that kind of horse is the way to play in this race this year. I just think maybe, even though there are one or two nice lightly raced horses in here that have more potential to offer often with a lot of these horses they tend to disappoint on their next run you don't see me you don't see many good ones normally continue their progression so for me i'd rather go with the more exposed type and mambo amber you can get double figure prices out there um being will be able to handle the conditions no problem um she is stepping up to seven furlongs, which is interesting. She was plugging on quite e easily the last day. And for me, I just think she's a fair each way bet. Currently best price available, Adrian Nichols, Mamba Wamba, 10 to 1. The one I actually liked was the one you mentioned firstly, uh, Saffron Beach. Very, very impressive on debut. Um, it's a step up for her, but she looks like a filly to keep on the right side. Adam Kirby on board. She's actually five to one um, earlier on this morning. I mean, she's seven to two in places now. Um, I think I'd be one to take on thinking of you as well. She's short enough at the top of the bend currently. Two to one, shortest price available. Shortest price available is two to one. Um, but Chris Lewis selection is Mambo Wamba, 10 to one. I quite like Saffron Beach. Best price available currently remains seven to two and from five to one. Moving on to the three o'clock group two Godolphin stud stakes over seven. You like the outside of your crystal, you? Well, one at a bigger price. Yes, I do. Um, the one I've sided with is Namos for Brian Moore and Dominic Moser. Now, this is a German horse, and I think sometimes we forget that the Germans can be quite shrewd. You know, they've had a big, uh, a few big price winners over here in recent years. I remember they had one horse. The name, uh, the name escapes me now, but um, no, that wasn't the name of the horse. <laughs> but um, interesting jockey booking, Reimer. Yeah, interesting. Um, they obviously mean business. They wouldn't come over here if they just wanted to have a nice day out. They obviously wanna um, have a crack at some uh, decent races with him. He's actually shown some good form. He actually came over here a few starts ago um, when, okay, he was well beat, but that was a really strange race in the Group 2 Hungerford Stakes. But the race has actually worked out quite well. You had Dream of Dreams, the winner of that race, who absolutely bolted up, going to win the Haydock Sprint Cup. You had Breathtaking Look. One of my favourites, yeah. Yeah, she went on to win uh, a, a Group 3 at Deauville on her next start, which is fair form. And the horse in fifth place was Glorious Journey, who was actually winning that on my YouTube channel when he won a listed race at Newbury. And Namor Star Selection beat um, Glorious Journey that day. Okay, 
he ran maybe a, a different kind of race through his journey and he probably needed the run and he he might be able to reverse the form but again there's a lot of horses in here that they, they've got question marks over them and I, I would expect the majority of these probably not to really take a step forward the interesting one the really interesting horse in here is Roger Varian's Calusi, uh, the favourite in the market. Now, he ran a really disappointing race, or he didn't live up to expectations when he was really strong in the market at Haydock last time, behind Top Rank and My Oberon. Both those horses actually haven't done too much for the form. My Oberon was a well-punted uh, favourite, and I actually backed him. That's a red car in a listed race at the weekend and he faded out the back of the telly um so that form isn't particularly strong we all saw his performance at royal ascot when he looked like he could be a group one horse and to be fair that britannia handicap has worked out very well but since then calusi has been slightly disappointing and we know he probably or well, he is best on soft ground he's actually got a really nice pedigree he's from the family of super sunday nathaniel you know so he's he's got some nice relations in his pedigree there's a few interesting types as well De Gea who was uh, a really nice filly last year for Roger Varian won um, the group per two um, Rockfell Stakes and also as well finished second in the Breeders Cup Juvenile she's a really interesting horse we haven't seen her for a while but for me Namos I just think out of prices I think he's an interesting contender and he would be the one I'd be siding with but again it's not a particularly strong fancy yes Certainly, a, a race in my opinion, I'll be keeping my money in my pocket. But I do, I do sort of see your angle um, with the German Raider Ryan. We're on board. Mammoth is currently ten to one best price available. Another one that's shortened up um, since this morning. Um, maybe you need to make sure someone is not on your Wi-Fi, Chris Loder. Anyway, ten to one Namos each way. For Moving on to the three thirty-five Group One Phillies Mile. Um, there's a horse in here we actually had a good bet on last time. Out, Chris. Um, I thought she was really impressive. Well, being green in the final furlong, um, Indigo Girl. Are we with her again, or do you think there's something in the field that could is it want to be with? I would definitely be siding with her again. I think she is the one that they've all got to beat. I know Sheridan, pretty gorgeous. Do bring some strong form over from Ireland. Isabella Giles is a nice horse, um, but I just was really taken with Indigo Girl. I thought she. Did everything wrong, but still was quite a convincing winner, despite the... It was a canny ride from Frankie, Chris, as well, bagging that stand-side rail. But it was a clever ride, and I think he knew the ability was there, and as soon as she hit the front, it looks like he had lots of ability, just a bit babyish. Yeah, definitely. I, I just think she's got loads to learn, but she's got a lovely pedigree. She's by Dubawi. She's actually a full sister to Group 1 winner, Journey, who uh, won for uh, John Gosden couple of years ago now so yeah she's done the she's done the job really nicely at Doncaster last time she actually won on debut as well at Yarmouth on soft ground so she'll be able to handle conditions and the form of that race has worked out quite well the second and the third have both won since so she's been running in the right races the form stacks up um and she's only had two starts and she just reminds me me of a similar type to quadrilateral last year actually he was a bit green um but as a two-year-old, Quattrolactual was very good. Obviously, hasn't done it so much as a three-year-old. But I just think Indigo Girl, she's got bags more improvement to come. And I think once she settles, um, 
she'll be an absolute machine. And I think um, she's a worthy favourite. And even at the prices now, I think I would still like to get stuck in. Yeah, I agree. I think three to one's a big price. I think she could easily go off six to four on the day. Um, one thing is as well, Indigo Girl, I think this could be John Gosden's Epsom Oaks horse for next season. Um, she's currently 20 to one best price available. I mean, if she wins this impressively, I think she's she's going to go clear favourite. Um, and as she steps up in trip, I think she's going to be even better. Um, I don't think this is the strongest race. I just think she's she's got so much improvement. Um, definitely the one to be with in this race, three to one, could easily go off shorter. I'm glad you said that, Chris. You're you're familiar with confidence now, so we're both in agreement that Indigo Girl looks looks a, a great bet at three to one. Um, and moving on to, we're going to go across the car. We're going to look at York. We're going to look at the one thirty-five Group Three Cumberland Lodge Stakes over on mile three. Um, there's a horse in this race that actually I found very frustrating last time out, which was Desert Encounter. Um, I wasn't really happy with with the ride actually. The William Buick. It's interesting. He's not not on board this time. Um, we actually previewed, previewed this race, Desert Encounter was in last time on our previous podcast. Uh, it worked out exactly how we thought it was going to be. Desert Encounter was going to sit in behind. I just think he, I think William asked the question too late. And, and the winner, Erlikam, got first run. It was all over. Um, it would have been a, a nice winner for me financially. Um, but I think, would you take him on again? Obviously, I mean, and, and uh, without without betting market against Logician, is he, is he of interest? What do you think here? Uh, he is an interesting contender. I think, obviously, on paper, Logician is clearly the one they've all got to beat. Still unbeaten. Yeah. This He was meant to be running in this race, which should make that clear, Ascot on Saturday. But they have moved it to York, which is good of them. And actually, despite being four runners, it is an intriguing little race because it wouldn't completely surprise you if there's a ball, ball up boil over in here um you've got highland chief is the one that i was interested in for oliver and paul cole now his form has actually worked out quite well quite well we know he handles a bit of juice in the ground so that's not a problem he's got some good form at the track finished second behind pile driver beating mogul who went on to win the grand prix de paris a group one winner beat berkshire rocco who finished second in the saint ledger and has gone in to win again since um in this race at uh Ascot, and then he ran a respectable race in the Grand Prix de Paris to finish fifth. Okay, Mogul did reverse the form, but it was a brilliant ride by Pierre Charles Bordeaux that day, and the form has worked out okay because you had In Swoop, who was my arc horse, finish second in the arc, and also as well you had um, Gold Trip, who was in third place in that uh, race in the Grand Prix de Paris, finish fourth in the arc. So Highland Chief brings some useful three-year-old form to the table, and what the allowances. If there is to be an upset, I think Highland Chief could be the one to deliver, but I would rather be betting in the without markets. And um, I, I think Highland Chief, with all the three-year-old allowances, he's an interesting con- contender in this race. If we're just looking at the outruns here, Logician's 2-9 to nine in places, 1-5 to five, uh, with some bookmakers. Highland Chief, clear second favourite, 6-1. to one. Desert Count was around 8-1, to 10-1 to one available in some places. Um, I agree with you, Robin. You've got to be playing the without market here. Um, it's interesting. You can Glenn, another horse that you came across who who nabbed our, our nap twenty-five to one Dark Jedi two runs back. Um, what did what did you make of that that desert encounter ride last time out? Am, am I am I seeing things differently here? Or do you think that if you if you push the button a bit quicker, he could have 
because he was full, he was fully running at the, at the the finish. Yeah, just a bit of an interesting race, really. I don't I I don't remember um, how the track was riding that day. I was actually not watching the racing because I was away for the weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, Alcam made all that day and did find quite a lot. I, um, I can understand why people were frustrated with Desert Encounter. He'd won the race before. And he is a typical horse that likes to come from off the pace. I just think that's the way he has to be ridden. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, maybe he could have been a little bit closer um, and maybe could have won that day. But I think Elkham, you know, he's been a, he's a frustrating horse and I think I think he was probably the worthy winner on the day. Okay, so Highland Chief in the without market or Chris Loader. Moving on to Chepstow. We're going over the jumps now, okay? 315 grade two Persian war hurdle over two mile three. Again, Chris, we're looking at the without market. Um, what do we like? Yeah, well, obviously, McFabulous, he does head the market and he is the one to beat. He's always had a big reputation for Paul Nichols. Uh, one of his uh, bumper on this card a couple of years ago and was definitely uh, one of his uh, start or potential stars for last season to really cut it over hurdles but it took him a while to get going he didn't win on his first start when he was an odds on favorite at um chepstow he then came last um at ascot but then they gave him a little bit of time and his last two performances last season were really encouraging especially as well how he won a really competitive handicap and the form has worked out all right because hurricane harvey who finished third in that race beat emma tom in a novice chase at the weekend so that's quite good form. He is the one that's clearly the best on ratings. And the plan is, if everything goes okay here, to have a shot at the stairs hurdle. This is always a good race. Produced Time Hill last year, who went on to rack a few wins. He won the shallow hurdle at Newbury. He ran really well in the Albert Bartlett. So it's always a race that produces a nice horse. This is also as well the meeting where the jump season really starts to get going. But at the prices, yeah, I'd have to take McFabulous on. And the one I quite like is Get Around for Ella Picard and Brian Carver. Now, a lot of people won't really know who Ella Picard is. She's a point-to-point trainer, and I think she rides some of her horses as well. She's um, fairly new in the game. But this Get Around, to be fair, he's shown a fair level of ability. And um, he won a race at Perth a few weeks ago and the trainer said straight away that the Persian War is the target and that was a prep run he bolted up over hurdles last year at um, Exeter by making all winning over 40 by 14 lengths he's def and he's definitely going to probably be trying to make the running and he'll really make it uh, a stretch of stamina he won his bumper here as well on um, heavy ground so we know he should be able to handle the track okay and I just think he's a really interesting uh, contender for the race but the market seems to have caught on to, to him a bit now he was double figure prices when i looked um yesterday but he's now around about nine to two in a place um he would probably be the one i would take on mcfabulous with but again i probably would be looking on the without market yeah mcfabulous is currently eight to eleven uh, best price available on the outright get around eight to one um, I can understand why you'd be looking at the without market because there's only seven runners. It's unfortunate there's not not eight. But Chris Loder likes get around in the without market. It's currently about a nine to two chance, um, and that wraps up the Persian War hurdle. And moving on, we're going to move on to Saturday. We're going to go back to Newmarket. We're going to start with the one forty five Group Three Zetland Stakes over a mile two. 
What are we like here, Chris? Well, at the time of recording this podcast, we still don't know the full field. We're recording it on a Wednesday afternoon. And then again, there's some interesting types in here. Uh, if I had to play, if he did turn up, I would be quite interested in Fernando Vici for Donica Bryan. Um, now, this horse is by Australia and is bred to get slightly further. This race um, is over a mile and two. It's one of the, I think it's the furthest the two-year-olds run um, during a two-year-old season or can do during a two-year-old season. So he's, he's bred for, for uh, this kind of uh, distance. He's done quite well in his career so far. He uh, was an easy winner of a race at uh, Leopardstown on his second career start. And then he was up um, into Group 2 company last time, running on really strongly in the closing stages. Um, I think the step up and trip is going to be ideal for him. And uh, I'd be interested if Tom Marquand maybe picked up the ride here. Obviously, was a winner on Galileo Chrome. I think they're in the same colours as this owner. Um, I think, yeah, Fernando Vici is an interesting horse in this race but yeah it doesn't look the the strong the strongest race uh in the world but yeah he would be the way i would play currently best price six to one available um 17 runners so you'd be disappointed if you couldn't get three places on this race but anyway chris Lowe like fernando vici at six to one at the time of recording moving on to the 220 group three autumn stakes over on mile um what, what are we on here chris Again, this is a an, another interesting race, and there's quite a few horses in here that are, um that might not turn up. So again, we it's hard to know the field, and there's a few jockeys in here that are booked up for two or three rides. And I thought Will Buick might have um have the winner, whatever he rides. The one I would like him to ride is One Ruler, who's actually the outsider of his two rides, um for Charlie Appleby. Now he ran. In a listed race at um, Doncaster the last time in the Flying Scotsman Stakes, and the races worked out all right because you had the winner that day being a new mandate, new mandate for Rafe Beckett, and uh, he's already gone on to win the Royal Lodge. So that form has um, been boosted quite nicely. He had the beating of Maximal for Sir Michael Stout, who's in the uh, de- who's in the entries for this race, beat him quite comfortably. He went on to win at Sandown Maximal on his next start. So he's got some rock-solid form. And he was a little bit unlucky that day, one ruler. If you watch the race back, he was hampered at a crucial stage. And his uh, challenge to win never amounted to, to much in the end because of he was hampered. But I think one ruler, you know, he's an interesting horse. And um, I think uh, I think if he gets a traffic-free ride, he, he'll be there or thereabouts. And he'll do for me. Currently six to one, um, and obviously been at the time of recording. William Buick is actually booked to ride Dubabi, and one ruler. So we're hoping he sides for one ruler. Um, looks quite a tricky race. Um, what did you make of uh, Aidan O'Brien's entry, Kiprios? Um, I think I found the colours quite intriguing. Um, has even had had many runners with this with this owner. I mean, obviously they're quite renowned for Dermot Weld from Moyglar Studs. No, I, I don't really associate um, too many horses from him. Interesting that he's got some top relations in his pedigree. Um, yeah. A full brother to Falcon 8, who at one time some people thought might be the Ascot Gold Cup winner last season. Search for a song, who's won the Irish St. Ledger. A top Moyglare family, you know. And yeah, it is an interesting horse, but I I, I doubt we will probably see him here. I, I, think, um, I think we'll either see him run in Ireland or he'll be put away for next year. Yeah, I think he was 
quite impressive on debut. Um, had to make up a lot of grounds. Um, it, would, it would be very, very interesting if he, if he was actually declared because he didn't win the one over for nothing. Um, definitely one to keep an eye on. But Chris Loder likes one ruler, currently 6-1. to one. And moving on to the next race, we're going to look at the Dewar Stakes 255 Group 1, run over seven furlongs. Um, I know you like an outsider here, Chris, but which one is it? Um, well, Richard Hannon currently has the market leader with Chindit. And this season, Pat Dobbs has been riding all the two-year-olds for him, and he would have had the choice to ride Chindit or Etonian, and he's gone for Chindit. But despite Chindit being unbeaten, three wins from three career starts, and doing the job fairly nicely last time in the Champagne Stakes, I thought Etonian was a bit overpriced here in the market. Now, they put Tom Marquand, and even though we've only seen him twice and both his runs have come at Sandown, I just think that there's there could be a lot more to come from this horse. And out of the two, I'd rather be with Etonian. Now, Etonian was the winner of the Solario Stakes um, at Sandown on his last start, and he beat King Vega that day quite easily. Um, and the form's actually worked out all right, because you've had Apollo 1 uh, win a conditions race at Salisbury since then, and ran incredibly for a long way in that flying Scotsman stakes. You also as well had Dubai Fountain in that race as well, who finished second behind Indigo Girl. So that form at Sandown doesn't read too badly. Now, yes, he's going to have to take another step forward with his improvement, but a lot of his form does stack up, and he's very lightly raced. Uh, the ground could be potentially a concern, Maybe that is why he is a slightly bigger price than I would have expected him to be. You've got Thunder Moon in here as well, who's a really interesting horse. Uh, won the, the Brian Stakes. It looks like it could be a hot, hot race. But I just thought Etonian, I thought he should be half the price he currently is. And uh, yeah, I think he'll be there or thereabouts. And I think he's been disrespected in the market. So if I had to play in this race, it probably would be Etonian. Currently twelve to one in the betting um, time of recording. Um, it's an interesting angle. I mean, that one at Sandown I mean, was hampered. Um, wasn't quickly at Sandown, which is obviously a, a massive negative. I had to overcome that. Won quite comfortably in the end, and obviously the horse in second, and um, King Vega. Um, if you remember when uh, the Sandra Balding runner ran on debut, there was Twitter was a meltdown. You know, with the ride that Rob Hornby gave him. Um, but I think it was more sort of a, an armchair jockey. So he's getting upset, um, but you'd imagine with with the weight of money, you might think quite highly of King Vega, um, and obviously Apollo One is front performance Salisbury, um, but I do I do see your angle. I mean, sort of, I mean, this horse could potentially have bundles of improvement, um, and the price discrepancy between Shindit seven to four, Etonian twelve to one in places. I mean, this this could easily go off six to one, seven to one on the day. It looks a crack in each way, but. Um, Certainly one one to keep an eye on. So Chris Loder and actually like a Tony as well. Uh, each way selection at twelve to one. And moving on to God, this this looks like a minefield, Chris. The three thirty-five class two Cesarage handicap two mile two. Um was actually a runner that we actually did like who didn't make it in. Uh, Roger Teal's runner. And we actually backed a few podcasts ago. And um, what was it you said to me? This horse is a an absolute certainty for the Cesarovich. Am I right here? Yeah, well didn't get in though. The reason he didn't get in is because um, he hadn't run enough times before the entries were made. You had to run at least three times before the entries were made 
and he'd only run uh, twice before the entries were made. So even should have called Roger. You should have called Roger and told him. Yeah, well, on well, I think it was an innocent mistake, and they're absolutely gutted about it because he won the trial so easily. And I've been telling people I didn't know the rule myself at the time, and it was only after he won that the news broke. I've been telling people even before that that this is, was your Cesarovic winner. So unfortunately, I've had to go back to uh to the form book again not the the notebook but the form book um doesn't make a great race chris it looks quite trappy this well i think there's i could put a line through quite a lot of horses in here there's a lot of horses in here that just don't appeal to me but i managed to come down with two now the first one i can't believe i didn't think he would be favorite or she would be favorite but the one i first liked was um great white shark for willie mullins and Jason Watson does really well in this race. He's won it the last couple of years. And I've always noticed that he's booked Jason Watson for the majority of times in the last uh, couple of years um, when he's got one over here. So Great White Shark is an interesting horse for me. Finished um, finished uh, well back in the field last year in 10th place. But however, had a nightmare run. You can definitely forgive it that race. Was out the back. Um got into a lot of traffic problems the, the, and the way the race was run it, it just didn't suit her whatsoever she's um now three pounds lower she's got a mark of 86 so she's three pound lower than when she ran in that race and she's ran some real good races this season um she finished third in the martin pipe at cheltenham over hurdle she's been a good uh, dual purpose horse she finished a credible seventh in an amateur race at the Galway Festival behind Princess Zoe, and she never got uh, quite a, a clear run that day. And we all know what Princess Zoe's gone on to do now, be a Group 1 winner, so that form looks pretty good. And on the last start as well, she was a winner of a handicap hurdle at Galway. She won uh, the, the Guinness Handicap Hurdle there. So she's got a lot of good form next to her name, and the fact she hasn't run since suggests to me that I think this has been a plot job all along. And I think with a better ride and if she gets the gaps, I think she'll definitely be there or thereabouts and is is a great each way bet for me. I'd be disappointed if she was out of the multiple places that will certainly be on offer for this race. But the one that I've gone to as my main hope, even though I really do like Great White Shark, there's one in here that I think plot job galore and that's Lightly Squeeze for Harry Fry. Now this horse will have to have a few horses be pulled out but i think that's certainly possible you normally get at least i think it's 25 runners in this race so i'm sure quite a few will come out of this race but this lightly squeezed they've already booked hayley turner before the declaration stage so that's really interesting there and was a really solid progress progressive type over hurdles last year started the season off a mark of 109 and then ended it by running in the betfair hurdle off a mark of 137 so nearly improved 30 pounds over hurdles and is quite lightly raced on the flat now the last run came at haydock when this uh, mare finished in third place and i was actually watching the replay this morning and i was thinking god this is a plot job now that horse like squeeze that day our selection here had to carry plenty of weight and give 
plenty of weight away to his rivals, but the forms worked out really well from that race, despite, despite being a Class 5 handicap. You had the winner, Billy Nomates, go in again. Herman Hess for David O'Meara, who finished in fourth, has won twice since. Okay, he flopped yesterday at Catterick, but you can for definitely forgive him that run. And also as well, the fifth place horse in that race, Trumpet Man, uh, has uh, gone and won at Nottingham and runs later today at Newcastle. So I'll be seeing that race a bit later, see if the form stacks up. But I just think off of bottom weight, which is going to be a gruelling race, lightly squeeze. It's interesting that they booked Hayley Turner here. And the connections you might remember of this um, horse um, had another horse a couple of years ago called Little Rockefeller run at Goodwood uh, in a, in the flat two-mile flat handicap there at Glorious Goodwood. And you might remember under Sylvester D'Souza, he bolted up by about 15 lengths. So I just smell a bit of a... I smell a bit of a plot job and I've seen 20 to 1 in places I think if he does uh, make the final field this horse I expect a big run from it getting the vibe this could be your nap Chris Lother <laughs> might be yeah no I can definitely definitely see your angle um, 77 definitely looks very very lenient I mean, even if you're looking at what, what was achieved last season over jumps ending up off, off a mark of 137 and I do think the uh, the run at Haydock what wasn't given how how can I phrase this? Was given a, a considerate right? Yeah, wasn't given a hard time. Yeah, that's that's the, the diplomatic way to put it. Um best price available. I mean you can still get twenties, but um that certainly won't be available um if lightly squeeze gets in. Um six year old as well, so there's still still room for improvement. Um great white shark currently best price available is and there's 14 to 1 available with, with William Hill, but I don't think that's going to last very long. In most places, 8 to 1. Um, and I know that Betfair are doing enhanced place on this market, so that you might be able to get five or six places. So if you are interested in playing in this race, even for small stakes, definitely take advantage of the each way place terms. Um, so that probably wraps up Friday and Saturday's bets. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Anything else on Saturday or, or Sunday you want to add, Chris? Yeah, just quickly. Um, you still got the second day of the Persian War meeting at Chepstow. Um, there's a really exciting novice chase uh, that always uh, is a good contest. You've got Fiddler on the roof, grade one Tolworth winner from last season, making his seasonal debut, also as well as debut over fences. Really intrigued to see how he gets on. He's taken on Fusil Rappels who a couple of seasons ago could have um, maybe gone on to win the Triumph Hurdle when he looked really impressive when he won the Adonis Hurdle at Kempton. Uh, he took to, to fences not too badly last time winning at Utoxter. No markets up at the current time of recording. We still don't know the final decks, but if both make it, I think it's going to be an interesting race to watch. There's also as well a horse uh, running on later in um, Handicap Chase called the Bay Birch. A horse I really like. Won this race last year. Um, definitely probably needed the run now in hindsight at Warwick last time put it up as my nap she looked like the winner turning into home she looked like she was going to absolutely bolt up but just got caught in the closing stages I think that looked like a prep run to come back here and I think that will run a good race and then on Sunday there's a nice little jumps card at Newton Abbott and going to a novice chase we're going to see two smart potential novices over fences for the first time 
First one of them is um, Stormy Island, Paul Nichols, who's in the Sullivan Bloodstock colours. He's picked up quite a few runners uh, from Willie Mullins, uh, or in fact all of his runners from the Sullivan Bloodstock group. She's got Lorena now, Stormy Island. Stormy Island is going to make her debut over fences. I think she could be a really exciting one, especially as well for the Mare's Chase. To me, she's always looked like she wanted a fence. She gives a lot of air to her hurdles, and I think she's uh, definitely going to be one to follow in the Mare's Chase division this year. And you can currently get 20 to 1 for uh, the Cheltenham Festival. So if you want a bit of uh, anti-post value there, I'd definitely hoover that up, because I think if she wins that uh, chase, she'll definitely shorten in price. The other horse that is actually running in that race, and I'm intrigued to see, is Highway 102 was Chris Gordon's first graded winner last year and was a really interesting horse as the fact that what was so interesting about him is that he was a really keen type that would go, go to the front and he would just keep finding and finding and finding. A lot of his form was quite strong, worked out quite well and uh, I just think this horse um, it will be really interesting to see how he gets on over fences chris gordon i go on it time and time again he's one of my favorite trainers very local visited his yard quite a few times i always think his horses are really um underappreciated i think he's a top trainer and does very well with what he has um and i just think highway 102 will be an exciting horse from the season so two nice horses running in that novice chase at newton abbott on sunday and uh, that's what i'm looking forward to over the weekend if i could push you chris right what's your nap best bet my nap, if it gets in, lightly squeeze each way for the Cesarovich. Okay, so get about 20 to 1 that way. And what we'll do is I'll put my nap up methods. There's one little bit of 3 to 1 left. So that's a 60 to 1 double method. Running at Newmarket 150 on Friday, and you went in the Cesarovich 20 to 1 light squeeze. Um, it'd be difficult to get a better 60 to 1 double than that. Listen, Chris, it's been great. Thanks for your time. Um, obviously, all the listeners, I hope, hope you can back some winners. Follow myself and Chris in. Um, what we'll do as well is we'll put our best bets in the bio. Um, and what we'll do is put a link to our free Telegram group that we often put up some anti-post bets. Obviously, I've got Indigo Girl and you've got Stormy Island, two that have been mentioned today. Um, ones that predominantly they do shorten, so it's, it's good to sort of be aware of it and that you've got that, that sort of window of opportunity to get the prices. Um, and obviously, we do a free daily double in our Telegram group as well. It's free to join and put a link in the bio. Um, and just make sure you subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Spotify and iTunes. And any feedback as well, it's, uh, it's appreciated, negative or positive. We're always looking for ways to improve. But have a good week. Uh, try and back some winners and you'll hear from us soon. Cheers. Cheers.